psychedelic shaman shape-shifting strippers and alien abductees, Ghetto Blaster Magazine and Rust Belt Hammer present to you Sex, Drugs, and UFOs, episode 45. Golly gee, that was a handful, or a mouthful. I didn't really do anything with my hands. My hands are out, they're not in my pants or down my pants or anything. But go ahead and follow us on your iPod. On your iPod, I'm really... Hell I was yeah. doing so good and then I said follow us on... Do people even use iPods? I actually just burned the whole catalog on a CD and put it in your Discman. Yeah, just put it in your Discman, record it on tapes and trade it on a tape trading forum in the back of your favorite local zine. Send one to Lars Ulrich. Lars Ulrich. I'm talking a lot about Lars this week, a little too much. And uh, as usual, I'm your host. Oh yeah, just, you know, follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, blah, blah, blah. Tell your friends, rate, review, subscribe. I'm Matt, here's my co-host. Uh, Third pace, Joey Baloney and uh, I've seen two condoms on the shower floor at the gym in one week. Um, but, you know, more power to you. Just, you know, maybe clean up after yourself. At least they're using condoms. Granted, they're throwing the condoms down. But if they're just busting a nut all over the place, then that could be a little I guess problematic for your feet. Sometimes I'm guilty of leaving my hair on the drain. So, you know. You, I've you, been in your bathroom. Yeah, yeah. I see. Someone, my, uh... I might have to cut this out, but my one of my friends was like, your bathroom looks, reminds me of the Chinese sweet mates we had at the co-op. And I was like, the Chinese girls just notoriously uh, known for putting their hair on the shower wall and not cleaning it up? Then call me a Chinese woman. Oh, man. We don't have to cut that out. I mean, you know, whatever. Oh, today we have another special guest <laughs> who's back on the podcast. Hey, my name is Rocky. I'm Joey Baloney's brother. <laughs> we play in a band called Brontosaurus that plays heavy metal, punk, rock, and roll. You know it. So I feel like Jaw Roll has reintegrated himself into my life in a serious way. And first of all, like before we podcast, I'm always at Juice Land, and they're kind of playing cool, hip, underground music. Nope, not today. It was Jaw Roll. Ja rules everything around me. And I've been listening to this radio station, 95.9, which is kind of throwback 90s R&B and hip-hop jams. And Ja Rule is played probably, I'm in the car about four to five hours a day, at the very least. So I'm going to hear Ja Rule at least once an hour. You figure if you're working five or six days a week, you're hearing about 30 Ja Rule songs. <laughs> He's fresh in my head from fire. That fire fest where he was just scamming people. I mean, he's he know he's smart enough to be in the position to where he won't be the one to go to jail. That's how, I don't think he'll go to hustle. jail. That's how you hustle. And I don't want him to go to jail because I feel like Jaw Rule is now part of my family. Mm. It maybe not a first cousin. He's definitely not a first cousin. Second cousin, sure. Jaw Rule feels like a second cousin. I will put Jaw Rule at a second cousin level. Once removed. Once removed. I think once, or, once removed is the children of your cousins and second cousins like the cousins from your grandparents. I feel like Ja Rule could be the the um, the son of one of my cousins. Yeah. Although that makes absolutely no sense when it comes so, to Ja Rule's probably like forty years old. So you're just here. You're just hearing Ja Rule everywhere these days. Everywhere he's following you. I hear Ja Rule 
everywhere. Well, our 9-11 anniversary did just come back around, what is it, 18 years old enough to vote and go die in the useless wars that they started. But uh, also, there's that infamous uh, Dave Chappelle bit about uh, CNN giving Ja Rule a call to give his opinion as to what everybody should do on 9-12. <laughs> so he has a, he is a 9-11 crisis coordination Correspondence. See, Ja Rule just, he really knows what's up. I, I mean, I was surprised to hear him right before the podcast because I had already been thinking about him. And it's like, I, I totally summoned him. And, you know, I, I was thinking, I, I probably mentioned Juiceland. This is podcast number 45. Mm -hmm. And I did a little crunching of the numbers, which I have on my phone in front of me. And I, I pretty much get Juiceland before I, every podcast. Sometimes we both get Juiceland. We meet at Juiceland before we podcast. Yeah, we have our production meetings. At this is exactly <laughs> very important. So this is episode 45, yeah. Sex, Drugs, and UFOs, which can be found every other Wednesday at GhettoBlasterMagazine.com. So let's say I spent $7, and that's, that's being generous. I mean, it's been $10, $11 a lot of times. But let's just say I've downscaled. I've got a Honeyberry. I usually do a soul boulder. There's no whey protein in this. There's no coconut oil. I do the like, bonder shows in almost every time. It's that, that's a good six, seven dollar medium size. So this is a honeyberry, and I think it was about seven bucks. Forty-five times seven. I've spent roughly three hundred and fifteen dollars before podcasting, and I want to make that money back. Yeah. How am I going to make that money back? You got a merch. Yeah, we should do some sex, drugs, and UFOs. T-shirts, hats, condoms, caskets. Maybe if we do condoms, people can just throw them away at your sure. gym in the shower. <laughs> or something. That'll be the day that I that I know we've made it. Is and, when and I see a sex drugs UFO condom on the floor at the gym. And just to come back around to that, are we talking a condom wrapper or the actual condom? The actual condom. Like okay. the, just the rubber. Have you seen the nut in it? Like, is uh, it a I good thick nut? No, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't study it too mm. much. I didn't have a pen on me because I was butt-ass naked to pick it up and examine it. <laughs> no um, tweezers? No tweezers. Do you wear, do you wear like, um, shower shoes? Uh, oh, now I feel like I should. Actually, my mother just gave me some, uh, water shoes that I might use. Your feet can get HPV. Well, I'm actually gonna get, ladies, uh, listen up, I'm getting the HPV vaccine. You're, but how do you know you don't have, like, one of the zillion strands already? Because I already got tested and I'm clean as a whistle. Oh man, I'm 100% sure I have it. I don't even need to get. I don't even need to get tested. I'm just like 100. If I don't have it by this episode, I will by the next. <laughs> I've been hearing a lot more of this. Uh, is it creatine? What was the, that's the workout powder? Kratom? No. Ketamine. Ketamine. I've heard a couple oh, yeah. people mention that they've like taken ketamine a lot of times at like a rave situation or like DJ sets. Yeah, like ketamine was actually pretty big in the nineties. Yeah, it's making a comeback. It is. It made a comeback for me for like kind of like a three sets. sessions. Yeah, ketamine and cassettes they go hand in hand, really. Um, yeah, so you know it'd be interesting to do a reverse Polaroid negative episode where I do a bunch of ketamine and you have to walk through the process of my own mind psyche on uh, I still audio have some format. ketamine which I really don't even plan on doing cool it's just kind of sitting in a bag at my house so it's like have at it pal just maybe we can do it on Halloween whenever I'm dressed as Peter Chris. Oh my god that's gonna be good me and Lee are gonna be slashing axe oh cool I had this uh, great dream where you, I, Rocky, I, and our uh, and, and other two little kids were 
the band Kiss, <laughs> and the the smallest one would be either Gene Simmons or Paul Stanley. Oh man! And the middle one would be Ace Frehley. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Unless you just want to particularly want to be anybody else, who would you, if you could be a member of Kiss for in life or in Halloween? Well, um, probably Gene Simmons. Mm-hmm. Spit that blood and have those billions of dollars. Oh yeah. I'd probably also be Gene Simmons because in the nineties I masturbated a lot to. Shannon Tweed, his wife, and I'd like it yes. to take it to the next level yes. and actually have sex with her. But as far as, as far as just totally rocking, I'd go with Ace Freely because Ace Freely, Eric Kiss is my favorite. Except he's like a total booze hound. I would go with Paul Stanley because to me, Paul Stanley is like the, like the next logical step crossing over into almost punk rock from like Mark Bolin T-Rex yeah. you think yeah yeah he just seems like a whiny old Jewish guy now oh my god! I mean I'm saying that because I'm that Jewish makes before the, that makes the best kind of like soft songs oh my god speaking about the gym I realized Kiss is a lot of fun to work out to but you oh, yeah. be careful because some of the lyrics and moments just make you fucking laugh because it's so hilarious like the in the morning I raise my head and it just goes into I want you! I want you! Oh, no, no, no. Man, like, that intro is the one of the greatest, like, yin-yangs of emotions and just rock hard rocking. Kiss is great <laughs> because they don't really have any serious songs. Detroit, Sid, Detroit Rock City, weirdly, is probably their most serious they, song. They slip in the dark uh, uh, connotations in there and went pretty smart. Pretty smart? They slip in the dark undertones really well in a subtle way sometimes. I just saw Kiss in, on Monday, their That's final amazing. world tour. They'll probably be back like in 20... Actually, I read on Wikipedia that the world tour is starting in 2019, expected to end in 2021. Yeah, if they come back to Texas, I really need to see them. I know they don't do Going Blind live. So, uh, well, Have I, you seen them do it? No, I've, I've heard, never seen them do it. The last time I heard doing it live was Gene Simmons doing it with the Melvins live in like 1996. Oh, that's crazy. I've never seen that footage. That's that's insane. They did I Was Made for Loving You. Actually, there was a moment where Mm, Paul Stanley got on this giant pole that like came to the stage with a little like hoop and he put a stiletto on there and just like jumped on it and it took him to the the center console where the big mixer is at the Toyota Center and there was this platform. And he did Love Gun, and I was made for loving you. Sweet. That's the great. banter, of course, was always wonderful, because like, he was like, All right, Houston, how many of y'all feel like animals say, Rah! And everyone was just like, Rah! And he's like, Oh, it sounds like the Houston Zoo out there. This next song's called, Shock Me! <laughs> That's gold. Oh, my goodness. So I guess we're going to have two themes on this episode. We made it, that was, that, I mean, we've already knocked out a bunch of stuff, but I've been holding out on talking about this because, I mean, it's super <laughs> sketchy, but we're going to talk about hookers. Okay. I'm going to talk about hookers. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it should be legal. Legalize, it legalize could be, it. It could be gonzo, you know, it could be some fact, it could be some fiction in there, and Rocky's going to talk about PCP, and is it, is, you know, is it fact, is it fiction? We don't know. Beyond belief. Especially because when you're high on PCP, I mean... Even I'm not really sure. <laughs> so where should we start off with? PCP? Let's, Let's do, do it. A ketamine, a ketamine to PCP. All right. So uh, walk us through the, the, the dawning of this, this day. Well, this was in high school, so this had to have been like 88, 89. 
and a friend of mine, we were going to go to some party, it was during the winter, it was cold, and some outdoor party with a big old bonfire, and we uh, bought a bag, quarter bag of weed, and he told me it was laced with PCP, and we were feeling adventurous, <laughs> we had already been drinking all night, so we were pretty shit-faced, and decided to smoke the hell out of that weed, and uh, smoked a lot of it. And via what pipes via joints via hot knifing uh pipe and joints and uh we were in the backwoods of magnolia texas okay. which is next to tomball which is outside of houston and uh and let's just for the viewers like uh tomball is the town we grew up in and it was podunk small town but magnolia makes tomball seem like a metropolis exactly magnolia is uh the texas version of gummo Pretty much. So, uh, we were at this party, and uh, from what I can recall, there was a moment where I was really hot and thought water was dumped on me, but my friend said I was acting really funny and being adventurous, decided to say, hey, I can go sit on that log that's on fire. Sat on the log, and they had to kick me off because it was on fire, <laughs> and I guess... All the wet was for me sweating on that log. It was really hot. Oh, my God. And then... Uh, Did you get any burn marks? No, but I remember uh, the next night, like, I felt like I had, like, a mild sunburn on my ass and upper part lo behind my leg. And, it's a new way of tanning. Yeah. And then uh, I kind of remember... I had a friend of mine that uh, we were all into, like, you know, thrash and, and hardcore and punk rock. Who was your favorite thrash band in 1988 just to set the scene uh it was metallica it was before the black album they were gods to that us. was ride the lightning era they were like no, the this, beatles of metal this the was the uh, right when justice for all came out oh shit okay that did come out and okay. so we were still flying off that master of puppets and we were really in the slayer of course uh, rain and blood and uh anthrax and you know a lot of my friends like Megadeth, but not a big Megadeth fan. But, were you caught in the mosh? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> we were also, you know, into like, you know, the Misfits and Danzig and the new Danzig album had just come out. And one of my friends was really not into any of that stuff. He was really into like Warrant and Poison. Uh, gotta have a hair metal. Yeah, he was. But not even like, like good hair metal. Not like, you know. Shout out to Devil Motley Crue or, or Cinderella, Cinderella or Rat. He was into Rats like the shit. He was into like warrants and like <laughs> Cherry Pie's a good song. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, for what it is. Yeah. He was just really into the fluffy, you know, fluffy poofy hair metal bands. Anyways, uh we were all me and my friend, a couple of friends were singing, I think Twist of Cane out loud. We were just really drunk and high. And he was like, man, Danzig sucks. He can't sing. He can't hold a, a note to Brett Michaels. And that's <laughs> kind of what I, I last forget. I remember getting really mad, but that's kind of the last what I re remember. It's Blanked out and ate his skull. But I remember being really hyper and wondering what happened. I thought I got into a fight. I didn't, it was really foggy, but my friends told me the following uh, Monday that my friend that said that comment about Brett Michaels, I ended up getting mad and told him that I'm going to pretend this tree is him. And I remember, and I remember feeling a big surge of energy and like, yeah, all right. And apparently I punched this tree down to a stump. I mean, it was like, like a five foot tall tree. It was probably no more than, you know, you know, no bigger than, you know, wide as a coffee can, you know, and then just 
spoon. Basically, he was about as wide as Ron Jeremy's dick. Pretty much, yeah, but not as like hard. And so I just beat the shit out of this tree all the way down, and I guess I was trying to annihilate my friend, and they had to pull me off, and the rest is about memory. And then I remember waking up the next morning with Dad trying to tell me to go cut the grass. And I remember being extremely fucked up. And, like, wondering where my hand was so swollen and had all this wood in my hands and ended up cutting the backyard with the push mower because the riding lawnmower was broken. Oh, no. Back in the day, a push mower. And I was still high as fuck, like, like, just like, whoa. But I remember thinking, wow, you know, I'm really tired, but I'm really not that, like, exhausted. This should be a lot harder than I think it is. And then, you know, I remember telling mom and dad that I got really sick from going out to eat the night before I went to that movie, but, you know, I didn't go to any movie. And then I just remember feeling miserable that Sunday. Well, Monday is when everybody told me, man, I don't know what you took, but uh, that you destroyed that tree with your hand, and, and I won't mention our friend's name, does not want to hang out with us today because oh, you goodness. scared the shit out of him. Did you hang out with him again after that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then, we, you, know, you know, we still chit chat every once in a while. I haven't talked to him in probably a year or two, but I mean we still keep in contact through Facebook and all that. But and uh he you know he ended up becoming roommates with one of my good friends in college and but oh it was I just right now and apparently uh there was a, a a wreck later that night on these winding streets in Magnolia. It's like in the middle of nowhere and this like old Camaro flipped over and some people we knew were in it. And apparently me and my friend that had done the PCP and pot just like lifted that car back on its wheels and PCP strength, <laughs> yeah. that's a thing oh from what I And hear. I don't remember any of that, but that's what my <laughs> friends told me. And then the guy that was in that wreck, when I saw him later, he said thanks for putting his car back on. I was like, I guess you're welcome. I don't remember. Basically oh you were God. a hero because not only did you turn over a Camaro and save some civilians, but you also defended the honor of Danzig against Brett Michaels I, of Poison. I had to do what I had to do. and uh, But yeah, I just remember feeling really like hyper, but at the same time really mellowed out. And I mean, I was already wasted before I started smoking it, so I can't give you much specifics on it. Have you done PCB after that? Uh, we, we smoked a little bit more a couple weeks later, but I mean, we were just fucked up. It wasn't anything like what I remember from that first time. Other than that, I was like, no, I'm not going to try it again. I haven't done it in just by itself, but... Right. But I remember when we were smoking that weed that had it in there, you could definitely tell that was not just weed in the bag. So. I feel like my first exposure to PCP, by exposure, I mean, through pop culture, was Faces of Death, when they show a supposed <laughs> yeah. Israel scene, and they're like, this man is high up PCP, and he just, like, escapes from a mental hospital and, like, jabs a fucking screwdriver <laughs> into a doctor's neck, and then they're just shooting him all these times or whatever, and he eventually comes down, but then he just pops back up, and then he gets down, and yeah, it's just something that. really insane like that. We were... Uh, so I'm I, like, oh, I don't want to do that. I remember walking through the, this big bonfire, the, I guess part of the log that I said, I remember walking through it a few times thinking how funny it was. And then they said I was climbing a couple trees really fast. And <laughs> like, <laughs> but, uh, like you have like wires. Like I was a, yeah, like I was a, a chimp. But, or a Linda Blair kind yeah. of climbing. But uh, it wasn't like, I don't remember jumping off uh, roofs and 
getting pelt by bullets by cops, but but yeah, it was an interesting night. When you say it looked different, like was it like did it have a shimmer to it? Was I just remember it was a powdery and with a lot of the shake, but I was like wondering why is this so powdery? And then that's when my friend was like, "Oh yeah, it's got a lot of PCP in it, so let's try it." And I was already drunk, and I was like, "Sure, why not?" Did your friend have to pay extra for it? Because like, why is someone just giving away PCP? They're like, "Oh, you want some weed? How about some PCP?" He too? probably bought it. No, knowing him, he was a partaker of many different things. So he just, <laughs> when I picked him up, he was like, "Hey, let's go!" And then we went to my friend other friend's house and then from there my friend drove us to that party because he lived closer to it so your PCP smoking friend what was his favorite band in 1988 uh probably Dead Kennedys Misfits okay. Black Flag he's a PCP smoking punk rocker yeah punk skater did, whenever you just did that impression of uh seeing it and almost sounded like you were doing a Bill Clinton impersonation like oh I guess that way he does got a little power we can do it <laughs> yeah it was he was an interesting cat man he uh he was seen always into like, he's kind of like, he was like the punk rock Bart Simpson, but like for real, you know. <laughs> so, I you know, he was hazardous. Oh yeah, I always heard about like weed laced or cocaine or PCP laced weed, but I never got the the wonderful opportunity to actually do it. I was always looking for it. Everyone I tried to fearmonger me about it being laced with stuff. But I remember that Monday like was when I went into school, I remember like in the middle of, middle of the day, I was finally feeling sober. And this was on a Friday night when I took it. And I remember that Monday finally feeling like really shitty and like sober, but like thinking, man, it took this long <laughs> for yeah. me to feel normal. That's kind of how acid feels. And, so my, and my hand was still swollen. And I remember having to tell mom that I had gotten like, maybe bitten by something, but it was still like pieces of wood lodged in there that I hadn't pulled out yet. And Damn. It kind of reminds me of uh, what my friend Travis, or my friend T-Money, <laughs> um, he's off the place of the earth, you can't Google him, I, I try, I've been trying like every T-Money? Yeah, he's gone, he, 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 he is effectively kind of off the grid. Is he related to the recently deceased Eddie Money? Oh, rest in peace. No, um, man, that that kind of bummed me out yesterday. Actually, we had a week of like two heavyweights yeah. passing away: Daniel Johnson, Daniel Johnson, yeah, yeah. and uh, and uh, Eddie Money. Eddie Money died of cancer in the seventies, and Daniel Johnson was barely what fifty eight. Fifty eight yeah. years old. He had a heart attack. Yeah, and you could tell. I mean, like he, he that guy hasn't been healthy for a long time because he was like every time you'd see him in public doing shows or interviews, he was like visually like shaking. He had that yeah. like. I don't think Daniel... I've lived in Austin for eight years this month, and I think Daniel Johnson has maybe played once, and it was part of a set with a bunch of people, but I don't think Daniel Johnson has played a show in Austin He's kind of... Yeah, in the past decade or so, he's pretty late, much laid off. He played... Uh, I saw him play at a Fun 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 Fest, and that was cool. The Sparks played that same year. That was probably right before I moved here, maybe uh-huh. nine or ten years ago. This was in 2014. Really? He played in yeah. 2014? Yeah, fun, oh, fun, fun no, I guess show. I did live here. It was a good show. Um, the, he had definitely had a good band, and all. he had a good set list of a lot of his catalog. Um, but yeah, I mean, that dude, at the Texas, he was like big and unknown at the same time, because I remember my friend took me to the Texas History Museum, the Bob Bullock, and one of the installations, or at least the the theater showed like the 15 minute story of an artist 
short film that he made relatively recently within the past few years, maybe 10 years. Because um, it was a documentary, and then, like, maybe 10 years after that, they made this short film. And it's all just him in his, like, basement room, kind of just watching videos of himself and talking about himself and to himself via his own tapes of his, like, re- his young self for talking into a tape and having a conversation with his young self. And it was really cool, but it was super sad because, man, that dude got lost in falling in love. Mm-hmm. Just like, yeah. you know, Robert Palmer tried to warn us all, but so many times we fail. He was addicted to love. <laughs> R.I.P. Daniel Johnson. Well, is there anything else we should say about the PCP? And what does PCP even stand for? Uh, pipes Cemented Parental. <laughs> I don't know what it stands for. What were you saying about T-Money? Oh, oh, okay. T-Money, yeah. That's right. Was like, where are so, we? So, once upon a 4th of July in uh, <laughs> Cypress, Texas, uh, Spring Cypress area, that was the, pretty much me and my other two friends would go meet T-Money at his parents' house, and that was kind of like a center of like a, because we jammed there, that was our first band, uh, we called ourselves the Cretans after the Cretan Hop, the Ramones song, and um, <laughs> our, one of our friends, our, the taller guy, and we'll call him K-Money, he was like, he wasn't as musical as any of us. K is in ketamine. So we forced him, yeah. We forced him to play drums, and he was not, he didn't, he wasn't into it. <laughs> but, you know, he, he learned really well, and like, despite his own curmudgeons about it, he did great. And um, So anyways, one Fourth of July, we bought a bunch of fireworks, and T-Money, he was always the more eccentric, kind of like fluid, ethereal, um, kind of the more freak out of the the gang of freaks that we were. He really kind of reminded... He was like the G.G. Allen, Andy Kaufman kind of hybrid yeah. with fire red hair. He he had, you know, in a different world, he would be Ed Sheeran. He would be the, the level of star that getting paid millions of dollars to make the world's music. Dave, he would actually probably have a great part. He would have a better part in that shitty Yesterday movie about the Beatles. <laughs> was Ed Sheerhan in that movie? Oh, God. He was all over that movie. Okay, that he, just cemented me not seeing that movie. I mean, it, it's... it's it, The decent part about it is the, the Beatles are good. They are. I mean, and Danny Boyle really leans on a lot of bullshit these days. But 28 Days Later is really good. Anyways, I'm getting so sidetracked. Anyways, T-Money. So, 4th of July, T-Money. We bought a bunch of fireworks. T-Money was the, definitely the stuntman of the group. And we had a couple other high school friends over. I think they were dating at the time. And they were hanging out with us. They were, like, popular kids, but they were, like, really cool. And they were, like, they didn't, they weren't, like, the mean girl, like, playing politics in high school, like, at every fucking turn. They were, like, his neighbors for, like, his whole life. So they would come and hang all the time. You know, like, into our band and stuff like that. Um, So it was kind of like having, like, the head cheerleader and, like, head football player hanging out with the Cretans, like, on a regular basis. Especially for this Fourth of July, we bought a bunch of fireworks, and T Money made it a point. Like I am going to have a grand finale extravaganza for this night, and it, we, we you know popping black cats, popping the tanks. Well, it was one of my favorites, the tanks that smoke, yeah. and you could put a little Godzilla toy. It's a good little one. Right next to it, and make your own kaiju movie. It's pretty cool. Um, cell phones at the time could shoot video, but it was very low quality compared to these like. Superman cameras that we have now. 
the quarterback dude had a had a camera on his phone. I don't of course think he did. He we was had because we we still had like Nokia's that like you could the coolest thing you could do was play Snake on them. Um, so the time came, the sun set. We could hear the fireworks throughout the neighborhood, and I could see the fire in his eyes light up. <laughs> T Money knew that it was time for the grand finale, so he proceeded to get a bottle rocket. Instruct K Money to assist him. Um, Frank Jesus, our other friend, best friend, was to my <laughs> to my right, to Joey Baloney's right. We were the fans in the bleachers at this moment. We were like almost like the two old guys from the Muppets. That was <laughs> us then, and that is us now. So what did T-Money do? T-Money put his pants down. Oh, I knew an asshole was coming. And I he, knew it. he went spread eagle. From what I remember, he was always sh- pulling pants. Yeah, down. yeah. Oh, that dude would get naked AF. Hence the GGL. He, no, yeah, he had, he had this thing to where it was just like... Uh, he would. He was the type of dude that wouldn't be afraid to like pull his pants down and like jerk it while we were like all watching porns as teenagers do. And then one time, his our friend's dad brought in pizzas, and he. I've never. I've never seen someone move so fast, like to cover themselves up. Like he was kind of like a ninja almost. Like, <laughs> it was like at least a couple G's in that move. And another time, he was like just. We were outside about to leave, and he just like pulled his pants down, just like sh- touching his, shaking his butt. And then the, his next door neighbor walked up, and he like darted under the car <laughs> so fast. It's almost like you you saw like the gust of wind from him moving so fast. So A he, white flag. He knew he knew, uh, his, he knew the extremities of his fetish, but also social uh, standards to where he could just get out of situation. Anyways, he knew it was wrong, but he was doing it anyway. So yeah. the pants come down. The pants come down. Involved. The pants come down. His bright red leg hair shimmering under the the street lamps. <laughs> And he proceeds to uh, put the bottle rocket's wooden stick up his ass, which he also liked to do uh, with drumsticks every now and then. Didn't make Kyle very happy. Came money, um, but you know <laughs> he doesn't listen to this. He's just, he's a dad, and you know he's probably like playing some video games on some Twitch channel right now. <coughs> More power to him. Your sister's hot. Anyways, um, <laughs> whose sister isn't hot? Uh, all the sisters are hot. Okay, so T money. Asks K Money for assistance, obviously, because he can't necessarily like gauge how to light the bottle rocket without burning some of his leg hairs, because he had like a lot of red leg hairs. So K Money does what K Money do, and he let that fuego under T Money's bottle rocket inserted into the S grand finale. The cheerleader and the quarterback are under the other on the other side of the street with their phone camera. They're brand new. <laughs> New technology. Camera on a phone? What do you mean, camera on a phone? At a healthy distance. Yeah. And just in case, um, the the lighter goes off, the wick is, starts to fire. He's like, ready. I see T-Money look over at me and Frank <laughs> Jesus and give the biggest grin I've ever seen on the 4th of July. <laughs> He smiled. I saw the American flag in his teeth. And then the wick, the lit wick, got to the firework. Like a rocket setting off. Sparks go all over his bottom, his torso. I see T-Money's smile go from an American (laughs) smile to a dire 
look of terror as he realizes he has inserted the bottle rocket <laughs> too far for the rocket to propel itself out of his ass. And so it just stays stagnant oh and God. starts just it just just obliterating. Just 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 singing, just just like flame annihilation his ass. And he looks to te- to K Money for assistance. And K Money, again, comes to the rescue. Do what K Money do. Kicks it. His instinct was to kick it. Once, it just went back and forth, right in his ass. <laughs> burning more. Burning more surface area. Smell like fajitas. <laughs> yes, it kind of did. That's, it made almost the same sound amplified by like 100 times. Ooh. But goes back and forth. And then he kicks it one more time. And it finally does come out. But then it like. Instead of going up because it kicked it down, it starts going towards the cheerleader and the football player, and they like dive out of the way, and then it goes under this car and then it explodes. Was he anally damaged after that? Did wasn't, you have to take him to the hospital? I think he had already damaged his own anals a little bit to where they were kind of steel at that point, but he did have a wonderful full covered ass burn <laughs> surface circle. And it didn't, sure that you know, lasted just like, a while. Just, just like with burns or like cuts, when you get them initially, you're like, oh, it's not that bad until like the, the it starts day, to try to yeah. heal and scab over or like gets real red. I remember seeing it the next day and it looked like someone took a flamethrower to it. Jesus. And it looked awful and it looked like it was definitely going to get infected. So I remember <laughs> speaking of having to explain things to your parents, I remember seeing his mom like about a few days later and she was like, "Yeah, t- we had to take T money to the doctor because he got, he he said he was a he got really bad road rash skateboarding over by your place." And I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember that." <laughs> so that was the story of the oh, greatest Fourth of July. So T money is completely off of the radar now. You don't know. Yeah, no, I don't now. know who, where he is. He's he's somewhere maybe in East Texas. What was T money's favorite band? T money's favorite band was probably G.G. Allen or the Sex Pistols, and but really realistically deep down to the Beatles. And that's what we kind of bonded initially over. Okay. So he was a punk rocker and the dude in your story with the PCP bag, just a lot of... This guy was also a T-Money. Um, T-Money's dad was a legendary... Uh, Maybe this was... Was it man. T-Money's dad? Yeah. T-Money's dad was a... Two different t was a, was a musician himself, which would, uh, were the apple fell from the tree and, and T-Money. Um, and he was in a band called Maxi and the Pads. <laughs> Oh yeah, he had the, are they on YouTube? Like probably. old '80s, like I mean, you, you can look Texas we'll, punk. We'll have to maybe do a follow up later. No, it was more like '70s rock for sure. Oh, '70s he was, he was rock. A little bit older. That's cool though. Maybe some hard rock. Some I love I love regional rock. obscure. They probably had their uh, their toes and their wicks dipped in some ladies. Maybe some hookers. Some hookers. I know. I was gonna talk about hookers. Do you? Should we? Should yeah, we no, save no, it? No, or do we you have think time. we, have we time. should go right into Let's go it? Right in. Okay. So we have multiple stories. Maybe just do one now and save the one for another day. Two parter. I think. I think what I'll do is. All right. So I was on tour, and I'm not going to say who or what region. Well, Europe, but I've toured Europe with so many people that it could be left anonymous. And I'm going to tour Europe again in ten days. Cool, sweet. And so we're talking on this tour. You know, it's it's a handful of guys pent up in a van, not getting lucky at the shows, single and ready to mingle, 
And after, or not after a show, we have a night off. So we're like, let's go to a sex club, a strip club. Let's see what this thing is all about. This one has good reviews. We take a taxi out to the strip club and a few of my tour mates are getting lap dances. They're spending an outrageous amount of money and I'm just like, come on, like I'm not about to spend money to have some girl shake her butt in my face trying to save this money for bigger and better things. So I'm like, guys, if you're going to spend all of this money on these girls who aren't even going to touch you, why don't we try to find some actual hookers, this is, sex workers, what country were you prostitutes? Um, it was in Europe, that's all I'm going to say. Oh, okay. That's all I'm going to say is it was in Europe. I'll give you a region of Europe, Eastern Europe. Okay, okay, that's what I guess. It was in Eastern Europe. <laughs> Maybe a former Soviet country, <laughs> something that used to be behind the Iron Curtain. So we talked to the door guy and we're like, we're looking for some ladies that want to get down. We want to get laid. We want to know where the prostitutes are at or a massage parlor or something where they're actually going to touch our ding dings. Because somehow I had convinced them. They're like, yeah, we are spending all this money. Maybe we should take this party elsewhere where there's some satisfaction. Because you go to a strip club, you spend $150, and you go home and you just jerk off thinking about the stripper. You may or may not even remember her correctly. By the time you get home an hour later, you're so drunk. Maybe you fall asleep with a hard dick. And then, then what? You just wasted your money, fell asleep with a hard dick. What a waste of money. Not saying I'm anti-strip club. It's just, if you're going to... I'm down for spending like 20 or $30 on a stripper. No offense to the strippers. All you're getting from me is 20 or $30. I'm not trying to spend $150, $200, upwards $300, $400. Not to get my penis touched. I'm trying to get my penis touched. And so we talked to the door guy. He's like, oh yeah, I have a special cab I'm going to call you guys. He's going to take you there. You pay me, I'll talk to this cab. He'll be here five minutes. So lo and behold, the cab driver shows up. And we get in. There's a bunch of us. We're just amped up. We're like, yes, this is now an adventure. We're about to find some golden pussy. (laughs) So he takes us to a place. We work out a deal. He's like, I'm going to wait outside just come and get me when you're done, you know, and I'll take you back to wherever you need to go. He's sort of like our chauffeur at that point, you know. It's like a sex industry tour almost. Like he, he's going to take us there. It's all inclusive. He's going to wait post-ejaculation. He's going to take care of us. Not sexually, but just make sure we're comfortable. So we get in this place, and my friends and I all sit down. The madam answers the door. What did the madam look like? She's just some old lady, like they usually are. What was she wearing? Or so I hear. I have no clue. I don't remember. Just something that old ladies wear, polka dot pants, I don't know. (laughs) So she's like, I'm going to bring out my girls. And she brings out three girls. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm Don Juan DeMarco over here, but I've been with some 
cute girls, you know? And these three girls that were brought out were like bottom of the barrel. I don't even like calling people ugly, but goddamn it, they were ugly. Oh. They were straight up ugly. And the look of disappointment on my friends' faces was just unimaginable horror. <laughs> and they kind of freeze up. And the girls, it's just like they picked the ugliest girls that they could find. It was just unbelievable. Not that I have a bunch of experience with sex workers, but I mean, I have... You could walk down the street right now and out of 100 girls, you wouldn't find one this, this nasty. Oh, man. They were butt-ass ugly. It's like they were kept in this sex dungeon or something. They probably mm -hmm. weren't. They were there by their own free will. I mean, right? I feel like Austin has very... Austin has like regional several hot girl factories. I'm not it does. Certain. It does absolutely. But you know what? Eastern Europe also yeah. has ridiculously beautiful girls, like ridiculous. And these weren't them. I don't know where these girls came from. I don't know if the the mistress of the brothel was just some sort of witch, and she concocted a witch's <laughs> brew and pulled these girls out of the brew after casting. Put a it spell. back and not done yet. So, they're like, what girls do you want to, what girl do you want? And my friends, like I said, they just freeze up. So, I'm feeling polite. And it's just a hand job. It's not like I have to just make passionate love to them and look at them in the eyes and make out with them. And by God, every girl I have, I've been with hasn't been, like, the most beautiful girl in the world. It's, you know, it's always a mixed bag, like, for everybody. But, I mean, like I said, this was, like, lower, very low on the totem pole. But I'm just willing to take one for the team. So I'm like, I'll take that girl. And I feel, I pick out the girl on the right. I'm like, all right, I try to rationalize it in my head. I'm brown like, hair, blonde? Like, brown hair. Did you have, I mean, what was her most redeeming quality? Visually. Probably her hands that she was going to jerk me off. <laughs> so my friends kind of gasp. They're, they're like, oh my God. They're like kind of giggling at me under their breath. Like I'm hooking up with the nastiest girl at the bar or something. But I'm like, whatever. Like I get right into the back room and she doesn't even have to say anything. I strip down. <laughs> I, I just take off my shirt. I'm like, all right, let's do this. I'm going to get, I'm kind of horny and whatever. Like. You're, I'm providing you some money, and you're providing me a, ser a service. Yeah. So I start to strip down. My shirt's off. My pants are off. My shoes are off. My underwear are basically down to my ankles. My dick's exposed. And all I hear is, Matt! Matt! From the other room. And I'm like, I'm looking at her, and she's looking at me, and we don't know what the hell is going on. And I feel like we locked eyes and it lasted, it seemed like an eternity because I don't know what to do and she doesn't know what the hell is going on. And then it continues, Matt, Matt, let's go now. And I'm like, I, 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 I gotta go. And she just looks at me and I pull up my pants, my, or I pull up my underwear. My pants are just basically hanging around. My shirt is in my hand and I'm running. And I get to the front of the brothel, 
And all that's there is the Mad Am, and she looks pissed as fuck. And she's like, your friends are out there. And the friends are already in the taxi, and I'm like, holy shit. Am I about to get just left in Eastern Europe, practically butt naked? I don't know the address to the hotel we're staying at. And I'm freaking out, but I managed to get in the taxi with half of my clothes on, and my friends are like, fuck this shit. Let's get the fuck out of here. This is a waste of money. My friend's yelling at the cab driver. These girls are ugly. We need to go to a better place. What the hell is this place? What's going on? The taxi driver is profoundly apologizing. Now, it wasn't like an aggressive scene, but it was more like a drunk silly, like, dude, like you, you took us to the worst fucking brothel you could think of. Like, please, like, come up with something better. And I'm just, and my friends were like, I, they like shamed me. They're like, oh, we can't believe you actually. And you thought you were going to get shanked there. or something. Yeah, I didn't know what was going on, but they could not believe that I had went back there. And they're like, I can't believe you were going to go with that girl. Oh my God. So what happened as it turned out is my friends get kicked out of the brothel because there's two other girls and there's a handful of friends but none of them were willing to pay for these two girls. Now, the madams like, get the fuck out. If you're not going to pay, get the fuck out. You, It probably would have taken me 15 minutes with my friends, you know. <laughs> and I had given her the money, which I was gifted from a friend. He was like, all right, just take one for the team. Like, I, he, he so badly didn't want these women to touch him that he paid for me to get a hand job, but then when we were gonna get kicked out, he retracted it, and they're all screaming, Matt, Matt. So, yeah, we get in the taxi, and basically he drives us to another place and apologizes. Same deal, I'll wait in the car, you guys go in, and we do. There's a few of us. We go down into like a dungeon type place, down some stairs. It's dimly lit. And I'm just like, is despondent the right word at this point? Sure. I'm kind of despondent. I'm really let down. I wasn't even horny at the strip club, but at this point, I was ready to get tugged by this ugly girl. <laughs> and it didn't happen, so I'm like, I need to bust a nut. And we get down into this dimly lit fluorescent light bulbed Eastern European dungeon. And this time there is no madam. The girls just sort of strut out. And I'm like, yes, these girls are hot. Oof. Now three of us decide to go for it. All right. We have a blonde girl, kind of thick in a very good way. And then there was a tall, skinny girl with black hair. And then there was like another busty blonde girl nice thick build super nice body and my friend stole the raven haired tall girl right out from under me so i'm like shit you know that's totally my style like a girl with just long dark hair yeah she had a nice face they're all good looking so i'm just like whatever you know i hook up with a nice busty I don't know where she was originally from, maybe Russia or Romania. And there was no rub and tugging going on in this one. There was just some straight 
effing. So I do what I need to do, and we what get the, out of what there. The, what did the room look like? Was it like so? What did the building inside look like at, in this dungeon? What was it lit? Was it the walls? Were they red? It just kind of looked like a a basement. Okay. It a just kind of looked like a basement with different rooms, and then in the middle of it, I remember there was kind of like a cheap sauna. There were some shower heads behind a curtain, so you know if you want to get cleaned off either before or after you take a shower. But I wasn't. I was just trying to get some filthy fucking on, you know. Mm-hmm. She put the condom on me. Allegedly, I mean, this could all be fiction. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, uh, part of a lot of the show is satirical. Uh, did <laughs> so was it just like a flat fee? Because I know in some more regulated European countries, it was it's like really ex- every fucking position, every little th- change is. The thing the is, like, you can be with one of the most beautiful women women that you would ever imagine in Amsterdam or some other cities. For like 50 euros. I'm talking just like porn star meets runway model meets just like flawless beauty. Like you're like, this girl is like too beautiful for this. She should be married to someone who makes at least upwards of $600,000 a year. Why are you doing this for me? Some scumbag on tour for 50 euros. But you know, everybody's got to work. But yeah, so... We finally get what we wanted in this dungeon, and my friend comes out of his room. We kind of all come out similarly. It lasts about 20 minutes. You know, it's sex. It's not, it's not lovemaking. It's not like, I went down on her for like 30 minutes, and she scored it like five times. It's like, you know, you, you're getting, you're going to have sex. Yeah. Maybe she's gonna try to give you an awkward blowjob with a condom on, but it's like let's just skip that. Like I don't, I don't want that. I don't. I'd rather have like a dog lick my balls with peanut butter at that point. It's just like useless. Well, Poncho's, Poncho's like looking at me. He's like, did someone say peanut butter and balls? <laughs> oh my goodness! So no way, Jose. my friend's freaking out, and his condom broke Aww. while he was with. The beautiful, long, black-haired woman of the night. And I'm like, dude, hope you don't have HIV. It's like the worst thing I possibly could have said. <laughs> and like statistically, he probably wouldn't have gotten it, you know. But maybe a little HPV, a little side dish of HPV, human yeah. papillomavirus. I don't know. Just well, you gotta get that vaccine just in case. It's funny that you're getting the vaccine, and like every time I see the ads on TV, they're for like twelve. There's like twelve year olds, or like before they're even exposed. It's like I don't know. My Anyways. doctor recommended it to me because did he? Yeah. I think my doctor just knows that I'm disgusting and assumes that I have that, and that's that. I mean, once I went in there and I got tested for chlamydia twice in a week because I was convinced that I had it. And the first time the test results came back negative, and he's like, "You don't have you don't have chlamydia." So I call up the doctor's office, and he sees me a few days later. He's like, "Why are you here?" I'm like, "Oh, I read on the internet that those tests are only like ninety five percent." Oh my god! And he laughs at me. He literally <laughs>, laughs at me, and he's like, "I'm gonna give you this test, and it's gonna come out negative." And I, he's like. Why are you here again, basically? <laughs> but anyways, so that was the hooker story. 
I can certainly field any questions, but it's basically what went down. It's not something that's happened a lot in my life. It's not something that I desperately needed. It's more about the thrill, you yeah, know, the, the rush. Novelty, sure. It's, yeah, it's not like You go I to can't... Paris, you go see the Eiffel Tower. Exactly. Um, what was the girl you were with wearing? Well, she came out in a skimpy lingerie outfit. Cool. And then she, she took it off. Then she was wearing nothing. Word. And she did have a juicy booty. Very juicy, juicy booty, booty. Which is great for doggy style. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I gotta... I gotta hit the highway and go to work because uh, I ain't got no weekends in this showbiz lifestyle. Yeah, there's not much else to tell. But I mean, uh, another job. beautiful day in sex, drugs, and UFOs. Thank you, Rocky. Oh, yeah. We'll have to have you back again. Oh, maybe yeah. as part of a panel, maybe with Chris Martino or Andy, the alien. Yeah, have you talked to them? Do they like the episode? Uh, I haven't talked to them yet. Uh, they, uh, I saw them at Sun. Oh, yeah. They were at that show? Yeah, they were at awesome. Sun. It's an interesting... Basking I, in I the I wouldn't glory. expect them to be at that show for whatever reason. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, find us on uh, Stitcher, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter. What's your Twitter handle for the tweets? Uh, you could find me on Twitter, at RustBeltHammer1. You could find me on Instagram, at RustBeltHammer. Don't be creeping on my shit, motherfucker. You better follow. Yeah, follow him. If you follow, you can creep all you want. I'm at G's Louise Via. That's J double E Z E L U I S V I double L A. Uh, Joey Baloney Five on Twitter. Even though I don't really tweet original stuff, I do kind of retweet, uh, you know, politics and uh, sexy pictures of a wire every now and then, or The Love Witch, which is a great movie. You should yeah, go, go to check it out. go to Ghetto Blaster Magazine. Check out their articles. Check out our podcast every other Wednesday. We try to be punctual. Sometimes it ends up on a Thursday, but it does end up. God damn it, Eddie, we come through every time. You got an Instagram? What's your Instagram? Uh, it's Chinlock. Cool. For photos of uh, rock and roll and cats. Kitty cats. Now, I know you have friends out there, listeners, that <clears throat> love to hear stories about hookers and PCP and jaw roll. Hookers, PCP, and jaw roll everything around me. Ja roll every day, ja roll every night, batter up, hit that no hitter, and seventh inning, stretch it all the way home. Let's take it out with a Gigi Allen song. Nasty episode for nasty folks. Bite it, you scum. Hail. So we're gonna die young.